Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 38, and I'm joined by returning guests, producer Kevin Crixt, and actor Kajartan Hewitt. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Alright, so we're sitting down to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this movie, I don't think, but we'll get into that. I, I'm I'm Carrington Hewitt. I have not seen this movie, but I feel like it's going to be one of those things where I'm just like, I understand every cultural reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, within this film from mostly cartoons. Um, Kevin Crick's definitely have not seen this movie. Although, like, similarly, people talk yeah. about it all the time. Like, I feel like I should know the plot, but I actually don't. I presume it has something to do with A Wonderful Life. Oh, you don't know the plot at all? No. Oh, someone's saying anything. Yeah, all I know, I know, like, the unless Angels, it's ironic, Wings unless line. Unless it's not A Wonderful Life. Well, it's a, there's a bit of an irony to the title. There, at the beginning. I think not at the end. No, not at the end. He That's when he's running down the bridge. I don't even know that! Okay, I, <laughs> I know these things. Shut up, care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know. Uh, no, but I know... Like, I'm, I actually watched it. I'm just lying. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to come hang out. <laughs> you, you can come hang out anytime. All right. Well, you're allowed to have seen, as long as one person in the group hasn't seen, that's the rule. I have not seen this film. Yeah, but I feel... I think it's the same as you. I think I'm going to be watching it going, oh, I know this bit. I also think I've felt like I've seen a lot of movies that have borrowed... Storylines in this, or just sure, redone. Yeah. I know. I know there was an episode of Dallas that basically took Dallas. this plot line yeah. and redid it. I think it was like one of their finales or something. Uh, I presume it has something to do with Christmas. Yes, it's that, well. It's considered one of. I I, I went through recently and because I wanted to make a list of Christmas movies just to to watch because I haven't. I just end up rewatching the same ones every single year, which are always Scrooged and Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And then I'll watch other stuff on top of that, but those are the two that I just have to watch every year to feel like it's Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, I should probably. There's probably a lot out there that I haven't checked out, and I should maybe do that. And every list of like top ten, top twenty five Christmas movies, this was number one on every list. That makes sense. And yeah. I was like, I have not seen that. That's bonkers to me. Yeah. Yep, it's a classic. And okay. also, this was nominated for best picture. Really? When did it come out? Boo. Didn't it not? It didn't do well at first. No, but it was not. It was not a it big wasn't box office. And then hit. it like it became a Christmas movie. And yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did and you it, know that Home Alone was supposed to be not a Christmas movie? And then uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It had nothing to do with Christmas when they first wrote it. Uh huh. And then uh, it, it, what's his name? Chris Columbus. Yeah. How, yeah. Howard. <laughs> or no, it was um, Hughes. Hughes wrote it. Chris Columbus directed yeah. yeah, Howard Hughes, the guy with the, the giant plane. Yeah, Howard Hughes. It was Howard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hughes. Howard Hughes. The eccentric millionaire Howard Hughes. As he was Hughes. pissing oh, into a mason so. jar, he yeah. rode home alone. I can't. Flying through the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who did it. It was probably some... John Hughes? Some smart producer fellow. Yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily Howard Hughes. Because Howard Hughes wrote it, right? John Hughes. Okay. John Hughes wrote it. John, John Hughes. <laughs> but, uh, let's stick with Howard Hughes. Like, okay, I like that. I like it better. <laughs> 
But yeah, they were like, why aren't you making a Christmas movie? And then it was like the biggest fucking box office hit. Of, yeah. In we just went to the TSO live recording or yeah. live orchestra screening of it. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's still, it's so good. But it's, so what, it was just, they left him alone and someone was like, hey, you should set this at Christmas. Yeah. Because then we can release it then and make a shitload of money for a long time. But it works for the story. I mean, they're going on Christmas holiday. Yeah, but you could also see how that could just work no matter what. They're going away. But but it's interesting. They must have done that really. Well, they must have done that and done a complete overall the script because Christmas is so baked into everything. Yeah, in it. But that's interesting. That's one of those things I'm sure that. Like, John Hughes wrote this first draft, thought it was amazing, and someone just gave him that one note, it's like, why don't you do it at Christmas? He's like, that's a page one rewrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an amazing it's fantastic, yeah. And it's an amazing idea, I have to rewrite the whole goddamn thing. Hey, <laughs> I think I think it made it a classic. Oh, absolutely. I remember getting that movie, and also, uh, like, the VHS of that, and also the VHS of Jurassic Park. Oh, man, Jurassic at, Park. Yeah, at a Safeway in Winnipeg. Yeah. Most people don't realize Jurassic Park is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Jurassic Park came out on VHS, and I was, like, counting down the days to go to, like, the Blockbuster to pick it up. And got yeah. there, and it was sold out, and oh! I cried. You cried? I cried so hard. Like, it was one of the hardest, like, <laughs> cries for my childhood. Stay- Safeway were stocked up, and it was like, one of, <laughs> one of the best <laughs> days of my life, <laughs> as I recall. Care about two copies. <laughs> I did. Just so he didn't, because he, he knew he was going to wear one out. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so, so, have both of these, some other child, fuck him. <laughs> so, other than Jurassic Park, what are your go-to Christmas movies? Um... Well, I'm a Jew, so I didn't really have a lot of them growing up. Uh, but What's your go-to Hanukkah movie? I don't think there is one, but I know I like Christmas movies. There's that Adam Sandler one. The oh, cartoon. Crazy Nights? Yeah. It's so good. I know that. <laughs> so you're missing a giant market here, Kevin. You should be making a Hanukkah movie. Uh, I liked... Uh, uh, fuck, what's that movie called? Family Stone. That's Christmas. The Family Stone is... I love that movie. Yeah, it's so hard. I love that movie. It's great. Have you seen it, Kevin? Uh, no, I haven't. I did. It occurs to me though, there's the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Technically an Easter movie. <laughs> Technically Easter. <laughs> not Christmas. I guess it's not about his birthday. No, but more of no, a, really. a Jewy Easter movie. Yeah. Hey, I liked uh, the Family Stone. I'm trying. The to Family think. Stone's really great. Yeah. I don't know the Family Stone. Die Hard. Oh. Die- oh yeah, that's a great. Die Hard's great Gremlins. Yeah. So I keep smacking in the leg. <laughs> Every time you say something that I like, I'm just like, eh? <laughs> uh, Family Stone is has an amazing ensemble cast. Is Diane Keaton. Diane it's, Keaton, yeah. Uh, C- Coach, what's his name? That, uh, Craig T. Nelson. Coach. Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams is in it. What's, uh, Luke Wilson. Dermot Mulroney. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yeah. Um, um, what, Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Homeland, Homeland. <laughs> uh, but it's great. It's about uh, a, a Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh yeah, ah. is going home to meet her, his family for the. It's this big giant family that's very close knit, and she can't get along with any of them. Yeah, uh, I remember what this is. Yeah. It's very very good, and I, I like to think it holds up. I haven't watched it in a while. You know, it holds up, but I, I have it like once a year. Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, so what do we know? So you, I guess it's probably best just to dive into this thing because we don't know a hell of a lot about it other than the pop culture stuff we think we know and Kevin doesn't even know the plot no although now I'm starting to think that the title is ironic but yeah yeah well this is like this is probably the the film that made Capra-esque a, a noun or a verb I guess inside of film description for the way he his kind of storytelling okay 
I'm trying to think what other movies he's known for. This is definitely his probably most famous, Frank Capra. Mm-hmm. All right. I got nothing. You yeah. got nothing. Jesus no, 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 I got Christ. nothing on Capra. All right. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. Uh, Kevin was bawling right after. He tried to pretend that his... his <laughs> that there was I some swear wrong, there was something in my eye. Yeah, he's like, there's something in my contact, and then Kara pointed out you were in glasses. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jer- Jeremy fell asleep for a moment. I <laughs> fell asleep for a little bit. pretended he didn't. No, no, no. I didn't pretend I didn't. I fell asleep during the... Uh, just the section when he's going around figuring out how his life has changed, or how the world changed without him there. Yeah. Which is like... For for a movie to be about like that being the huge crux of the film, it came very late. Very late. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I thought the movie was winding down and almost over, and then the third act begun. Yeah. Like I thought it was like yeah yeah I thought so it was over. How much did you knew nothing about the plot? What did you know about the plot? Oh, um, I I knew about the angel, and uh, I've seen that last scene when he's running through the streets, animated actually. From like twenty years ago. Yeah, animated. They made the animated version. Yeah, I don't know who did it, but the like the whole like yeah. I'm bleeding, blah, blah, and it's like, <laughs> and this is just this stick figure I feel like running through town. Family Guy or Simpsons must have made fun of that specific moment before. I f- uh, there's been so many parodies. It, it read is familiar to me, although I've never seen it. Yeah, I didn't know necessarily any. Like, but you can see echoes of this in like Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, just Every, lots yeah, of other absolutely. movies. You know Actually, I mean? Groundhog Day. Well, we were just talking about that before. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's right. not really a Christmas movie. It's a Jewish holiday, right? Yeah, Jewish holiday. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> not really. That's not really. Um, um, no, but it's. I knew. So what did I know? I knew that it was about a guy who was about to kill himself, and then uh, an angel, and then wished that he never had been born. And then an angel showed him what would have happened if he'd never been born. So okay. I thought the whole movie was going to be him taking him him around okay, and showing him similar to a Christmas like, Carol. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. As opposed, which I'm glad in retrospect, I'm glad it wasn't because then yeah, it just would have been another Christmas Carol. Yeah. Which I'm okay with because that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, but, but then so, if it was just a Christmas Carol, then it wouldn't have been. This movie. This movie. Like, yeah. what in, there's a reason that this probably stands out as something different. But, yeah, so, but, so that's, like, that's the pitch when people tell you this movie. Yeah. But, like, like Kara was saying, that doesn't happen until, like, three. <laughs> and, and so you're, for, so for an hour and a half to however long it is, you're just watching the, the story of his life. And it's great. But for me, I was like, when did we meet Clarence? And when did he stop just being a flashy aborted fetus? Yeah. This guy. That's um, the flashing nebula thing. That's what they represent God as in uh, uh, in Futurama. Oh, okay. I've seen it before. That oh, really? The, yeah, yeah. It's really great. Well, this movie also invented Ernie and Bert as a couple. Apparently. Guys, that's my biggest takeaway from this. <laughs> that the cops at the end of the film are named Ernie and Bert. But it's not just, only... It's the cop and the taxi driver. Oh, is that... It's Bert. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a good chance... I mean, this predates Sesame Street for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's a good yeah. chance Jim Henson took that from this. Probably. I mean, Bert, Bernie. He probably just heard those two names beside each other and was like, oh, those go together I like that. And they say them like 12 times in the span of like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What the Lord is his, uh, you know, his daughter who gets maybe pneumonia and has the rose and stuff? Is her name Zuzu? Zuzu, Zuzu yeah. yeah. What, is, what kind of name is that? <laughs> that was so strange to me. Yeah, especially for a small town. 
It's it, unless well, not, not like but, those big city zuzus that you're. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, but it's the kind of name. I was trying to think because there's that bit in the middle when we turn to each other where Potter Potter makes some comment about garlic eaters. Oh yeah, and we were and we wondered is that that's an ethnic slur of some kind? I'm sure he was talking about all the Italian people in town that he was so, lending money. So I wondered if Zuzu wasn't like an Italian name that he had named his daughter after to honor somebody. Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about it that much. I said that's fucking weird, and then <laughs> that's all I could think of. Maybe that's the what connection. Was do, you, do you remember the names of his other kids? They're fair, there's Larry. I think was one of them. Really? I don't. I can't remember. He does. Oh, wasn't Larry's brother? No. no. Was Harry was his, or Henry was his brother. Right. He does call his daughter by her name. Who's playing the piano? I just can't remember. It's Janie. It's something very yeah. common. It's not a. Zuzu is the only one that kind of stands out, which is why you're like, why the fuck is your daughter named Zuzu? It's really funny that like obviously there's that big fall for him when he's yelling at his family and like being a jerk and stuff. But even in regular situations, he's very forceful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like there's like, a seat there. Sit down. Or when he, like, first, you know, is attracted to Mary, like, he, like, steals her robe and then won't give it back and she's, like, stuck. It's kind of funny. Right? It's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't play. Before we move on from that, I just just want to say the scene where Zuzu was loving on her flower broke my fucking heart. Oh, yeah. How much she loved that flower and just wanted to stare at it. But anyway, let's get back to Jimmy Stewart being slightly creepy. And then... And then also, the, the following time we see the two of them together, he's like such a dick. But then, when, what's his name's on the phone, and yeah. they're like, he's smelling her hair, and then it becomes incredibly forceful and kind of like pushing her away. And I feel like that's, that's all of the films that were made around that time. There's some sort of like insanely forceful kiss that like you know is romantic. Like, well, the like Quote, Cas- I was using like the Casablanca kiss where he just like jams his face into her and eventually and she just grabs like, her by the shoulders and shakes her. And- well, yeah, it, it, yeah that's <laughs> but, but that moment in this movie is very interesting because it, it's that great two shot close up of them that's very intense and you're like oh there's something going on and then yeah but then he turns he's like I don't want to get married I don't want to do anything I don't want to do and yeah. blah 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 but then clearly it's like he's madly in love with her and yeah. but, he's, but he's conflicted because I mean what I loved about this story was that just every time this guy was moments away from getting the fuck out of town and then some shit just rained down on him you know the first time it was his dad got a stroke and then what was the second time? It was his brother decided not to come back and take over. Yeah. And then the honeymoon, it was like the depression it, it, I don't think kicked it, in or is something. Is it the depression? It's some, something, something going on with the bank anyway. The, yeah, and he had yeah. to use the money to pay pay people back. It was back like a housing crash. Housing crash, and so he had to use his own money to that he was going to use for his honeymoon. Like, literally, he was going to the... Yeah, yeah. To the train. This movie really uh, made me realize that I know nothing about inflation. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, the town's in trouble? I have $2,000! I'm like, what the fuck are you talking what, about? Someone, like, what, what about the inflation calculator on your phone? There's an inflation calculator on my phone? Well, I mean, you have the internet, I'm assuming. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> But this is mo- this is in the twenties, right? Inflation. No, no, no. Because his brother would have died in nineteen nineteen. That was the the thing in his gravestone. So, so this would have been thirties. Yeah, yeah. Because his brother goes to war, right? Yeah. Say mid- and he's coming back from World War Two. So it's- say it's nineteen thirty five. Let's okay. just give right. let's give that. So the cost of a hundred dollars in look up eight thousand because that's the amount of money he loses in at the what, end. One year, right? Eight thousand in nineteen thirty five. 
And what it, what it's worth today. Yeah. 8,000. With a day at the track. I was so happy. Uh, obviously, the spoiler alerts, if you have not seen the movie. Uh, Wait, I was let's so, take a guess, though. What, what, what do you think it is? 8,000 is worth... Oh, God. Uh, I'm either going to be really close or way off. 1935. I'm going to say eight grand now and day. Well, let's think also he offered him 20,000 for a year's salary. Yeah, so I think it's five times everything is my, what I was thinking. The same thing. Your guess is, so your guess is 8,000 is 40,000? 40,000. I think it's higher. I'm going to say it's 100. Yeah? 100,000? Yeah. It's 144,000. Oh, well, so mine together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the right answer. Yeah. So that means, so what's 20,000 a year? Because that's what he offered him for a salary. Yeah, that, that just sounds insane. Um, so it's probably close to, quarter, it's over a quarter million, that's for sure. Oh boy. Yeah, it's about $358,000. He was crazy to turn that down. Oh yeah, he's nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, I was so happy. But that means the town rallied together 140 grand. That's that's bonkers. insane. Where is this meant to be in the states? It's uh, yeah, small town America. Yeah, I don't think they say what state they're in, do they? No, I don't think so. I think it's just supposed to be like middle America somewhere. Yeah. But that's I was so happy that I didn't realize what was going to happen at the end until like just moments before. I think we clued in. Where was she? But Kevin, oh, super, yeah. super shitty Kevin's like, he still doesn't have his eight grand. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. He's like, As he's running. I still fucked. It's just like, yeah. no, it's about having heart and a, lo- a lust hey. for life and family and friends. But Kevin's like, yeah. Oh, that's hey. why I was crying. You didn't so have the money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but as soon as I was like, oh, because he just came out and said, I'm going to jail. Isn't it great? But he didn't care. And I love, but that's exactly how it should have ended. Uh, but I'm glad yeah, that I didn't didn't see I keep it coming. Say, right wanting away. to say Mr. Burns, but um, Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter, like like he didn't get his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well, nobody, everyone hated him. Well, his his heart did grow eight, <laughs> five times the size that night. You guys, and he wanted... died of giganticism, like under the giant elephantitis. <laughs> yeah, 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 of the heart. <laughs> no, not only did he not get a a comeuppance, he was eight thousand dollars richer. Yeah, because yeah. he just. <laughs> He just hold that guy's money. <laughs> I was genuinely and they hoping... And wanted to send him to prison. Yeah. I really wanted 140 his, grand. his lurch that rolls him around in that ridiculous wheelchair. Just this like, oh, and then guy? he fucking murders him and gives him back the money. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that guy, his, his manservant who never spoke. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's funny that it's considered to be such a Christmas movie when Christmas is such a small part of it. Yes, and they sing "Old Lang Syne" at the end, which, which is, is New Year's. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's a holiday tune, but it's been attributed to New York New Year's more so than Christmas. But I think yeah. it's always been, it's in every Christmas book. Like if you found yeah. like, a, like a great American songbook, I think it's because the themes really resonate for Christmas. It's like people coming together to help one another out. You know, I think the, I think it's the, and you know the third act is all Christmas, but I think <clears> the reason why it's it's has a foundation as a Christmas classic is because of that. But also another reason why it's not just a Christmas movie, so something like the Oscars can recognize mm-hmm. it as well. Uh, yeah, I, 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 just, you know, I found it to get a bit going on, and so I had a little nod off. <laughs> I was talking, what did I make? So what it was, was really long, like, but it was it was still quite well made. Oh, like yeah, like, yeah. I found it to be. Far more engaging than I expected it to be for a film of that era. Like, sometimes I get a bit lost. 
Yeah. Uh, but this, like, I, I thought the writing was really great. The performances were actually really fucking Jimmy good. Jimmy sure was fantastic. Yeah, Dude, like, the, unbelievable. The, the, kid, the kid acting was pretty great. That kid in the beginning, the one that gets, like, punched in the ear a lot, like, that scene, amazing. That scene was amazing. Yeah. yeah. When, between him and the old man, when the old man realized that he just saved him from killing a kid. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And he's apologizing. That, that scene was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as his ear is bleeding from <laughs> his ear infection. Yeah, all the kid, all of his kids were great. You didn't like talking to the two girls who were sitting. So was one of those Mary? Yeah. Which one? The one that whispered in his ear, "I love you, George." The oh, one yeah, yeah. Whispered into his deaf ear. That was sweet. And the other girl was the blonde. Was the one that was wearing the fancy dress that everyone in town was after, but she had eyes for George, and that he gave money to at the end to leave town. And then she gave it back. Yeah. So she's she stuck in the town. Then she's stuck in the town. <laughs> she, she wanted to be stuck in the town. It was really, it was really funny when uh, young George turns up to work and like puts on his apron and then is just like running this mulch shop. <laughs> <laughs> He's like ten years old. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I'll have the usual George. Like, Which was shoelaces. Oh my god. Yeah. How I many shoelaces does she go? But through? she, well, she that's black licorice, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. you're right. They called them shoelaces. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that. Because it says 25 cents worth of shoe, shoelaces. That's what it was. You were right. And it's hard to tell because it's black and white in this old film. Yeah. It wasn't crystal clear. Yes. I thought that was strange that he would just know she came in for shoelaces. Yeah, shoelaces and then proceed to make ice cream for the other girl. Yeah, and also <laughs> tell her, like, you don't want coconut? You're fucking wrong. She calls him, I don't know why I keep on cursing, but calls him, uh, what does she call him? Brainless. Call but he him. put coconut on. He was, like, spreading it all over. Yeah, I know. He does do that, even though she's like, I don't want coconut. He's like, brainless, don't you know where coconuts are from? And then, like, shows the National Geographic and then just proceeds to give the girl coconut. Yeah. I guess that was his first time he kind of got shut down, though, right? Well, I think that was just more to just show how worldly he was. Or losing his his ambition to travel. Yeah, ambition to get out of there. Uh, Well, that was the first. I mean, they talked about he lost his hearing because of the accident when he went under the water. But it was the first, because the girl goes over and whispers her undying love for him in his deaf ear. Mm-hmm. Which is very sweet. And it's very sweet. Yeah. But let's, so you, we were talking about the, uh, the, the scene where he, uh, they're after the, that, that really endearing scene where they both fall in the pool. Uh, and then Kevin made the Kevin Spacey comment. a lot comment. of falling in water in this movie. Oh! That's there the There is a lot of oh. falling in water in this movie. Is that a baptism thing? Is that like rebirth? Fall in the water. Well, the kid in the front at the beginning, then in the pool. He comes deaf. He falls in the water with her and becomes that. Is like it's kind of bonds them as a couple. Yeah. It's there for. It's like they're meet cute in a way. To yeah. some extent, right? Yeah, to some extent. And then at the end, he falls in the water, and that's when Clarence. Well, Clarence. Yeah. Clarence and he. So there's. He deliberately goes in the water. Well, whatever. Yeah. There's a well, lot. Clarence, of, Clarence doesn't stop him from killing himself because. But then isn't it established there that clearly the water wouldn't have killed him? Yes, that was. I, that's what I thought. I thought about that too. He's like going into the bridge to, and unless, then he and then he dives in perfectly, and somehow unless he purposely decided just to go in there and, and give up. Well, the the cold. If he stayed in, the cold would have taken over. I'm sure. What a terrible way to kill yourself, though. I mean, most, most just, ways to kill yourself are pretty terrible. I will say that is a cold water will paralyze you to some extent. I know one time at a cottage. We went from hotboxing a sauna and then deciding we should jump. It was probably late fall and oh decided no. we should jump in the lake right after. And I just remember jumping in and my body instantly going, no, 
So you you just done a massive temperature shift. You're not going anywhere. Oh no, oh, that's awesome. And but luckily, within ten seconds, I was able to start moving, and it was like fine. adrenaline kicks in. But I was sure for a second. I was like, "This, this is how this I die. How I die. <laughs> this is a terrible way to die." I can't even. That's terrifying, Jerry. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I it hate, was terrifying I hate for that me story. as well. <laughs> uh, but here I am. I, I survived. So kids, after your hot box sauna, don't jump into the lake in late October. It's a bad choice. It's a poor choice. I live to tell the tale. <laughs> Moral of the story is. Also, don't hot box saunas. It's a really bad high. It's a good lesson, too, yeah. It's, uh, you, your whole body gets high and you can't move. <laughs> With or without the lake. That's awful. Yeah, don't recommend it. Although I kind of recommend it. Um, uh, his weird fucking uncle with all of the... Why do I keep on saying fucking... His weird uncle with all of the weird animals. Like, there's just a squirrel yeah. that turns up eventually. Like, the squirrel that's hugging his arm, and then the crow that lives in their shop. Well, the crow you get used to, <coughs> and then all of a sudden the squirrel pops up. But, like, the squirrel's just, like, was, chilling on his shoulder. There was something else. There was another yeah. animal that was in there. Was, was that... I think that was, I think that was meant to represent that this place is wild and unruly, and, and that they can't even keep squirrels out. I just think his uncle's a weird guy. <laughs> well, he went to the insane asylum in the alternate reality. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and the raven was called George, like the raven or, or crow or whatever in uh, Shawshank. Yes, so I think which is that, probably I think that's a nod. It must be right. Well, I mean, Shawshank is very is always been known as being called very Capra esque, right? Oh really? In terms of like its style and what I want to look up what that actually means. There's something it's attributed to a thing, but I think there's a couple parallels to Shawshank in, in this movie in terms of style and tone and and that kind of stuff. But so I'm sure that's a that's a, a thing. I that's think so. Or their crow wasn't actually named because George is called George. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's right though. I uh, yeah, but it's like there's interesting that scene when he takes the oh. robe and then she's in the bush and he's fucking around with her and he's debating not giving it to her. Yes, yeah, like this is what every man dreams for. She's like, I will call the police. I will scream. And he's like, I don't know if I'm gonna do anything. Or there she's like, as if they'd be on your side. Yeah. yeah, which is not untrue, I probably. Yeah, it's just, that's the hard. But the only thing that redeems it is you know he's not going to do anything. No, and he's he's just toying with her. But then it and kind of like kind of crosses the line. It crosses the line. At least he did. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> very much crosses the line. <laughs> but it is it is a very staple of all these older movies where these where men are allowed to be, misbehave. It's also as a, long as they're the hero. It's also a big sight gag. This movie's full of sight gags. That like even that like uh, the railing thing, I don't know. There's there's so so much of it. It's really. Didn't you say that that's funny. like your railing at your farm? It's exactly that way. It looks like it, and like I never put, you know, I never knew that until today. But so it now it reminds me of. Now I'm gonna talk about like Modern Family. You should kiss. Oh him. yeah! It's like you know every time they walk up the stairs in Modern Family, he like, bumps the stairs. He falls. And he falls and like ah, and it's like they never fix it. It's kind of like that gag. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. There's a few of those. I wish that I could have Except in Modern anything. Family, he doesn't do it and then say, Why do we have all these goddamn kids? <laughs> well, that was pretty bad. <laughs> that was terrible. It was like, was oh, they can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy had a bad day. Yeah. Crazy, Uncle Crazy gave away eight grand in a newspaper. And now he's going to prison. Now he's going to prison. What was, so why was he going to prison? Because... It's debt prison. Like, uh... No, it's, it's mis- mismanagement of, uh, public, of other people's public funds. funds. Yeah. I know, well, like public, late, but, yeah. late 1800s, if you... Is that, not that that's the time. I was going to say... There would be a debtor's prison. There's a lot of business activity going on on Christmas Eve <coughs> in this movie. Yeah. The kids, are, the kids came home from school that day, so they didn't have Christmas Eve off. 
which maybe is more of a modern thing that you get a couple days yeah, before so, Christmas yeah. off. Right. But lot, the library was open late. The bank's open. <laughs> the library was open very late. <laughs> <laughs> the bank uh, was open. The bar was, like, buzzing. That makes, that sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it was more like the library was like, that's a bit of a stretch. And the bank being open. Although, Potter's got nowhere to go. He's just got him in his lurch. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed... Um, the everything that happens in the high school in the first act of the film when you know everyone is like a 40 <laughs> there's age appropriate extras and then like 40 year old men <laughs> just dancing with each other yeah or the teacher uh, who yeah. just decides to jump in the pool i like i liked that that was funny i will say though i was it took me a second to realize that it was uh, jimmy stewart playing playing the teenage role yeah because just visually i was like he actually looks like he's a, a young guy. But not that that young of a guy. Like, he doesn't look like he's in high school. No, well, he's not. He's college age when, when we first come back to him later on in life. Is they, he not? Uh, he's not in high school. Because he talk, his brother's graduating from high school. Because he makes a couple references uh, to the fact that yeah, yeah, he that's feels what out of place at the dance. That's what the school dance is. Uh, right? So he is in university. Yeah, Mary's younger than him. Mary's a couple right. years younger than him. Right. So, but I mean, he's still, so he's in his early 20s. But still, it took me a second ago. I was like, "Wow, the guy, they, this guy, they got to play young James Stewart is fucking good." Mm-hmm. And then you thought it was not just him? for half a scene, just until oh, okay. they did that freeze frame, which is only a couple seconds in the scene. But just because he looked so young, and I know that he, I guess they just probably aged him up and aged him down. I think the only effort that they make to age him up is a little bit later. They put a little bit of gray like at his temples. Yeah, and that's about it. And he wears the same. Tweed suit the whole film. <laughs> the whole film. whole film. Yeah, even when he's just walking around not wanting to see Mary. Oh, I guess he's coming from his brother's wedding. Or the, the celebration <coughs> of the wedding. Yeah. Which he didn't tell them about or decide to have a wedding with them? Well, he turns up married? Yeah. Right? Um, he's like, this is my wife, by the yeah. way. I yeah. didn't tell you guys or invite you mom, guys to the wedding. his mom pushes him off to go get laid. That was interesting. Yeah. He's like, uh, your brother's married. Go get some. I'll call her up and let her know you're on the way. <laughs> so she can turn the record player on. And then he just arrives, like, he leaves, like, wanting to go there. And then when he gets there, it's kind of, like, not wanting to be there. But he doesn't. He stops off and um, and tries to convince the blonde to go up for a walk up the... Yeah, that was kind of Mount weird. Bedford. And then all of a sudden the town's laughing at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what... <laughs> all of what the town <laughs> turns up on like, a bullhorn. There was no one around him when... When when she walks over, well, there's a couple people because they're catcalling her. But then, as there ought to do in this town, apparently, thirty people standing around them, just like watching their conversation. They got very close by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, they weren't that close. (laughs) Yeah, and then there's that weird moment earlier when that girl says something, or James Stewart says something about, "Oh, nice dress." She's like, "Oh, I only wear it when I don't care what I look like." And of course, everyone's taking her in. And then is it the police officer that makes a comment about how he wants to go home to see what his wife's up to? Yep. Oh yeah, because he's now become turned on by this young woman. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I see but that moment is to. dragged out for like an uncomfortable long, uncomfortable period of time. Well, they make it. They try to make a big deal out of how attractive she is. Yeah. I guess to show that he ends up with the right girl. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. But Mary's delightful. Yeah, she seems great. She's punchy, <laughs> except for when she has no money. <laughs> But she's the one that rallies the town. She rallies the town. I'm just joking. So let's talk for a moment about what I think is all of our favorite character in the movie, Annie. 
Which one's Annie? Annie is the the, <laughs> oh, the, the hired help. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. she yeah, was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. She had all the best lines. What yeah. did she say? I've been saving this money for if I ever if <laughs> for my divorce if I ever do get a man. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> when she raised her money at the end, um, and then like eavesdropping on him and his dad's conversation at the beginning. Yeah. Full of character. Yeah. And then the mother makes a comment on how they're both old maids. He's like, speak for yourself. <laughs> she walks away. <laughs> oh, she was fantastic. But that's just, and I gotta say, like, you know, even though <coughs> she is playing, like, you know, the stereotypical, you know, African-American hired help character, you know, she, you never get the sense that they didn't feel, treat her down. She felt like part of the family. She got some of the best lines, like... That's got to be fairly progressive for a film of this age. And what was the year it was made? I don't know. I looked that up. Look at that. I'm looking it up now as well. Well, I'll just I'll fill fill dead air here. 1946. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. Wow, this is like eighty years like, old almost. Oh. No, seventy. Yeah, seventy years old. Yeah. I just I just mean that this is like so soon. After and sort of during World War Two, everything well, they must like have shot it right when the war finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about when we did the Casablanca episode about how they were making that movie during the war. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I yeah. mean, he represented America in that film, right? Yeah. Because do I per- do I which side do I? Sorry, yeah, and it's yeah. the same as I did. I just did, uh, and the episode will come up in a couple weeks. Loyal listeners, uh, the Great Dictator. Oh, oh cool! I did that with uh, Paul Amos. And and that movie again was being made during the war before they really knew how how horrible what was going on was going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hitler was you know? Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Like yeah, and, and but people were also trying to convince Chaplin. It's like I don't think you understand who you're fucking with right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe back down. But anyway, but yeah, so it's just interesting to think that these things are being made. They're com- We watch them now. And for us, it just seems like, oh, it's a period piece. Oh, yeah, yeah but it's... <laughs> but it was a period... But, like... but then, but when it was made, it was... I mean, it was made in <clears throat> 1946, but it was a period piece then. It was made about a time 10 years earlier or so, right? And extremely politically yeah. relevant. And it would see it go through the war. Presumably yeah. World War II. Yeah, of course, because it was... Yeah. I have yeah. a... I have a stepbrother who did a couple tours in Afghanistan, but the... Uh, it, I still it makes me it blows my mind the way that um, soldiers are represented as like just you know these heroes in these film and they're just like celebrated and there's no problems <laughs> like and they come no, back completely normal yeah there's no PTSD happy. there's no yeah. like oh, right. anything like that it's just like this is what you do and like you know do you think that him having the uh, fucked up ear and not being able to go uh, over to war was like being portrayed as yet another thing that he couldn't. Well, all his friends got to go yes, off to yeah. war. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. It was well, something he endured. But yeah. also, it was Potter who was like they said that Potter was the guy that basically decided if you got to go to war or not from this town. Mm-hmm. And he declared him one F because of his ear, mm-hmm. which I think anyone would have anyway. Yeah, probably. Although I'm sure there's some jobs yeah, you could have yeah. done over there. Uh, I don't think he would have been completely discounted, but it was clearly another case of Potter bringing him down. Yeah, and punishing Taking, him. Taking, yeah, he's being punished by not being <clears throat> out to war. Yeah, because for him, he just getting out of Bedford Falls is all he ever wants to do, and he never ever leaves. And that would have been the ultimate adventure. Yeah, he'd have been fine going mm. just to to see 
see another zip code <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. But, it, but in the end, it's a wonderful life. Right? It's not an ironic title. It's, it is at the beginning. Yes. As is like, you know. But it's interesting. So I really, really like, you know, for a movie that's 70 years old, it holds up pretty good. You know, it's funny in moments where it's supposed to be funny. It doesn't yeah. feel cheesy. No. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it feels earnest mm-hmm. more than it feels cheesy. It is very, like, it's very heartfelt and, like, I wouldn't call it saccharine, though. It's, like, it's sweet. It's a very, very sweet movie. But I think you could show it to kids and introduce them to it without them really understanding film history or, you know, when something was made and they can watch this and actually yeah. enjoy it today. But it's, like, but all the... All it stands the, up. Yeah. But and all the characters... It's a little characters, long. All, it's a little long, but all the, <laughs> but all the, all the characters are well-drawn. Like, his relationship with Mary is... She's not just, like, a pushover... Like, she's got some spunk to her. She's an interesting person, you know? They're, they're all really well-drawn, three-dimensional characters. You know, there's that great moment when... I don't know why that made me think of this, but when uh, the teacher's husband punches him and then... Oh, uh, I love that whole... <laughs> I love all of that. that. Was it Mario is the, the guy that... The guy uh, that... Uh, Martini? Martini. It's yeah. like, you know, like, you punched my best friend! <laughs> Get out of my mouth. He never comes in here. He's like, this guy, he never comes in here again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's your best friend? Because <laughs> well, he I got in the that. house. Oh, he also decks his cop friend pretty hard outside that bar Bert? later. But that's when he didn't know who he was. Yeah, so but I mean, he was yeah. having a bad day. But George knew who he was. Also, George he didn't know who he was. To, he, also, he needed to get to that bridge. <coughs> yeah, sure. At that point, it didn't really matter because he didn't really exist. Exactly. Yeah, but, uh, it was a fake punch. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, just creatively, that's an interesting choice to. Because you have the Christmas Carol where, you know, Scrooge is just observing things as a ghost in a way. Like, he's, yeah. not, he's not interacting with what's going on. So to have him not have ever been born, but people can see him, he can interact with the people in the present day. That was neat. Yeah. It's a different twist on that because Scrooge is looking at the past, present, and future in terms of reevaluating his life and choices and impact. I, I want to know why... Um Clarence carries around Tom Sawyer with him. That's an interesting detail. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. He, made, he made a comment on how Mark Twain's writing a new book. And, and the security guard at the... Wherever that is, the guy that's on the chair that keeps on being surprised by the fact that he's talking about being an angel. Oh, yeah. That was really weird. I guess he was the... He keeps on bridge going. keeper. That's another bit of like the um, the physical comedy that happens because he keeps on moving to spittoon and double taking, <laughs> not spitting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so but but Mark Twain is well. He said he's what two hundred ninety seven years old. Yeah. But Mark Twain's not that old. Those books. So I have no idea what that reference meaning is meaning. It's got to be something to do with Tom Sawyer. But Tom Sawyer was a traveler, right? Like, well, could that books? Been- is that? Is he, he's a young like, boy uh, of ambition. Like a parallel or for who, who George, for George? Was it? Yeah. Right, a traveler. I'd have to look it up. And anything I would uh, be made up weird theory at this point. I haven't read those books in like since I was a child. No. So. Incredibly. It's funny racist. though that he's actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's funny that even as a star and having no form, he's still reading Tom Sawyer. Yeah, yeah. He's like talking. Well, he was human at one point, right? Because he said he died. No, but he's he talked about how he's passing time reading as a star, it, which is hilarious that he had a book. His book was able to manifest itself in the heavens as well. Yeah. I love the moment when they're f- flash talking, I guess, as stars at the beginning, mm-hmm. and Clarence just makes a half 
We said, well, you got to get down there now. He's like, well, what are they wearing these days? Because <laughs> he's been, it's been a couple hundred years since he's been down. Oh, yeah, and he turns up in his dressing gown. Yeah. That, that one yeah. yeah. But it's just interesting that, because it's similar to, um, is it, what is it, A Life Less Ordinary? Is that the, the Ewan McGregor, the Danny Boyle movie? I haven't seen it. Is that what I'm thinking of? Where, uh, Transporting? No, no, it's after <laughs> no. Transporting. It's a I think it's a Life Less Ordinary. It's one where, uh, it's a Guardian Angels, similar thing, but you get to see them actually talking and interacting with one another before going down to earth. Oh, I can picture that uh, DVD. No, I, I didn't see that movie. Anyway. But, yeah. but uh, I, I was just thinking, like, now if you were to remake this movie, which I think is sacrilege, you can't do that. I don't think you can. Uh, you would, you know, you would see heaven. You'd have some kind of physical... And I feel like that'd be woven in all the way through. Well, they kind of... They do a little bit of back and forth every now and then. There's like a little bit of voiceover, but then they abandon it for a long time. Yes. And you're just watching present day. It's not until they need to jump ahead in in time. You'd almost, if you were to make it uh, today, I think you would condense almost the entire movie to a very short part and then expand the whole... I think just the second act would be so much smaller. Like everything, and it would include Clarence. Oh yeah, it would include Clarence. But most of the film, I think, would have Clarence in it. Is what I how I would, yeah, suggest you re, like one would reconceive it. Right? It's his played journey. by Bob Hoskins. Yeah, like the Groundhog oh, that'd Day. Be great. <laughs> Groundhog Day really is a good kind of relatable, kind of modern day interpretation of it in some way. Yeah, it, it, a different. And now Groundhog Day has been parried, not parried, but remade in as a horror film and as an action film and. You know, in different ways. I like I mean, how there's that it was weird... great action film. It was a great action film. It was a great horror film. It was a horror film. Happy Death Day. It just came uh, out. No, I will not be watching that. Oh, it's, it's not bad. It's actually surpri- It's much better than you would expect. I just kept really squeamish. Oh, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> that's fun. Um, more horror comedy than horror. Oh, okay. If that helps. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's just one of those things that is so... In- this movie is so ingrained in pop culture. Uh, that fact that it, it probably... I mean, we'd have to look that up. The Ernie and Bert thing, but it feels like it feels like too Must much be. of a coinc- yeah, coincidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bit in the bank is like, well, no, you don't understand. The money's not here. It's in it's in Bill's house and whatever. That was on The Simpsons, and it's a Jimmy Stewart character saying that, and he's like, my money's at Bill's house. And they just start punching each other in the mouth instead of ra- <laughs> instead of rallying them. Was that? I can't, I cannot remember, but I I never understood the reference until now. Now you get it. Yeah, it's very funny. But it's it's even funnier because what he does is rallies the town until like, he, he saves the town in that moment. Whereas on The Simpsons, they, Everyone they just turns fighting. into a riot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So much fun. Who would you cast in this today? I don't think you'd ever remake it. Edward Norton. Oh. <laughs> That's just the first person I, I thought of. I kept picturing... Did you ever see Weekend uh, by Andrew Haig's film? Um, no. Tom Cullen, I think. No, I have Tom Cullen? I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cullen. Tom Cullen, yeah. yeah. No, I haven't seen him. Also, Dev to Navi, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tats guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I pictured it. Kind of guys like that longer face, but kind of like... I pictured it British for whatever reason. Uh, oh, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I think... James, I mean... Jim Carrey would do it. Would would be fine in the role. I think not anymore. Maybe like he can literally do that. I feel like you need somebody Jimmy younger. Stewart. No, he's way too old. 
Jim oh, Carrey, sure. Jim Carrey bothers the shit out of me now. Have you watched the Andy yeah, Kaufman documentary? I did. And, like, I like it a lot. It's delightful. But sometimes I'm just like, I, I get it. Like, yeah, you, you, have, you have your own philosophy now. Tom Hardy. He knew anything. Tom Hardy could do it, yeah. For sure. Oh, he'd be really interesting in it, actually. I said it as a joke, but I, now I think he'd be great. Tom Hiddleston would be great. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. He could do it. He has that kind of old-timey, kind of 1946 look. Michael Fassbender? No. No? How come no one likes it? <laughs> <laughs> tough room. Yeah, tough room. And Bob Hoskins is Clarence. Yeah, that's a good idea. Is he still alive? Picture, yeah, I believe so. Claire, uh, Claire Foy is... I'm sorry, Bob Hoskins. I didn't mean to question your life. Be, or lack thereof. Yeah. Let's leave it at that and move on. Uh, Claire Foy, the, the queen... Uh, from the Crown. No. Oh yes. Oh, is it's Clarence? Uh, no, it was Mary. Oh, it was Mary. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd have to do some gender swapping of roles. I think Clarence would now be a female anyway. Potentially. Yeah. Maybe. But then who is that? Elizabeth Hurley. All right, sure. I'm just thinking of Bedazzled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As you often are. <laughs> when you play the devil. Well, the, the twist, what, what happens in the, um, the... Spoiler alert for people that have not watched the se- well, series of Dallas. Con- I think the conceit of no, this no, podcast I, is... No, I, I'm meaning the Dallas. So the oh. Dallas episode that they, is okay. basically a spoof of this is a guy wishing that he was never born and then seeing what would have happened. Um, but the twist at the end is that it's not an angel, it's actually the devil showing it to him, and uh, he actually wants him to kill himself. Oh. Oh, that's a nice twist. I like that. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, sorry for those who missed it 30 years ago. But, um, Melissa uh, McCarthy, I feel like you could see oh, yeah. her, like, not being able to get her wings. It's about, like... See, that's what yeah. makes it funnier. Yeah, if you tell... If you, oh, yeah. Right? Like, nice. it's like yeah. yeah, I feel like it would work really well. That's the way you update this. Yeah. You make it about, not just... You can make this part of the story... But you make it about Clarence is trying to get their wings, and they can't. It's really all that. It's that's your POV. Through, I mean, it is in this case too. But I, I could see it as much uh, done a lot more like a comedy if it was remade, though. Like, yeah, absolutely, it have to be much more. Just, and Clarence is making a shit show of it and ruining people's lives. Yeah, coming up with bad ideas for how to make them see the error of their ways. We also got the yeah. sense, and, and, and then realize, you guys get the sense like. That's not Clarence's first mission. Clarence has been failing his missions for a while now. Because, <laughs> like, he's been waiting 200 years to get his wings. All right. I, I okay. I'm going to stop talking because I'm making notes. I know I know how to do the remake of this movie. <laughs> and it's called, it's a not terrible life. It's a pretty okay life. <laughs> <laughs> but am I right? Like, like It's called, it's like, just fine. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But when they're talking at the beginning, they're like, who, who are we going to send? I'll s- send Clarence. Like, oh, that guy from... Accounting? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? wait, he's still... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll send him down. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting 200 years to get my wings. But didn't they Finally. point out how important it is that George lives? Because oh, so many people are praying so hard for him. But then they yeah. send Clarence anyway. That's a risky move. I know. <laughs> I kind of called it in. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's... It's Christmas, probably. Some people are taking the day off. They're, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, Clarence is... And that's why I'm like... That's the comedy version. If you have... If you just show Clarence having these screwball, zany ideas for how to get people to see the world differently. And then so that way when the one that comes up is like, I'm going to make him think... I'm going to make it look like he was never born. It's like, that's a terrible idea. But Clarence. That's not going to work. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> Don't do that one. That's... <laughs> 
Well, isn't that what happens like, no, 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 when he no. does it? He like gets the because. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Just like. Well, how do you know? Because I looked into this recently for a film that we're doing. If whether the film's in public domain, it is. But Sony owns the audio and something else. Like so, the actual story itself is public domain. Public domain. But but you oh, can't this, this film. Yeah. Oh, but what couldn't you do? You couldn't. So this if, is if we if we were to put it on screen. Oh. Sony would sue us. But what if you just show the visuals? Uh, uh, Sony would probably sue. But you can remake it. You can, I'm pretty sure you can remake it. It's on, boys. <laughs> I have got an idea. <laughs> it's no. a silent film, and we have proof. No, no, that as, long as, as long as you make your own version of it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Just like my idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's an okay life. Uh, it's an okay. It's a not terrible. It's a, it, there's a, there's a funny version of a spin on that title where you can sell it. I like it. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I I actually enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. I I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I think I nodded off very briefly. I was nodding in and out a bit for I'm a while. I'm sorry, I was throwing you under the bus for that. No, no, no. <laughs> you, I totally did fall asleep for about, for a good ten seconds or so. Yeah. And I and I totally had something in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, this movie did genuinely choke me up. I, mean, I got a choked a few up. times. I will say that the the scene with the that we already mentioned with him as a kid with the old guy when he realized oh, that yeah. the kid just saved him, that got me. That flower scene, just how much that girl loved that flower when he was talking shit about his family bothered me a lot. And then that final scene, just every kid like coming in and just like pouring money down and, t- and saying the nicest things. Yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. So what a perfect ending for that yeah. movie. If the one takeaway, you know, whoever is the next kid names it Zuzu. Yeah, Zuzu. Zuzu. Here's a Zuzu. It's a Zuzu. They said a big city. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Thanks for joining us for It's a Wonderful Life, our second film in my little holiday film series uh the podcast will be down for the next two weeks so there'll be no new episodes over christmas or the new year we'll be back the second week of january i believe if you like the show please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it you can find me on twitter at lalon jeremy and go to facebook for black hole films leave a review there or on apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing and until next time go watch something you've never seen before watch a holiday film Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.